0: Jake, he knows all of the names of those planets. Really? <laughs> I'm going to find out. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew. Simon Peter's brother He first found his own brother Simon and said to him we have found the Messiah Which means Christ? He brought him to Jesus Jesus looked at him and said you are Simon the son of John you shall be called Cephas which means Peter the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and he said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. May God bless his reading, or our reading of his word this morning. If you've done any significant amount of traveling, Somewhere along the line, you've surely seen a sign or a barn that says, See Ruby Falls. Now, let me ask you why not read about Ruby Falls? Or even watch this documentary about Ruby Falls. Why is it so important beyond the business aspect of the entrance fee, of course? Why is it so important to actually see the falls with your own eyes? To hear the water cascading down? To feel the coolness of the air in the cave? Because only in actual experience can intellectual knowledge be resolved. And since the senses are our ultimate among our mental powers, either we contact reality through them or we never contact it at all. And even when we read, the memory of what we have actually experienced at some time in the past is what is stimulating our senses anew. Sensation, is the only intuitive knowing accessible to us. An experience everywhere confirms it, and abstract knowledge also demands it. The mind would be powerless to infer the existence and attributes of anything if we didn't have that data of sense what we have seen, what we have heard what we have touched, what we have tasted, or even picked up through what we smell. I'm reminded of the story of the young man who was introduced to an elephant. And uh, he reached out and touched the side of, of the elephant. And he said, of course it's an elephant because of how big it is. Blind, couldn't see. But now the data, the sense perception was confirming what he had in fact been taught and told about what an elephant looked like. We have to see Ruby Falls to appreciate the beauty to the fullest extent. And so let me remind you once again of John's purpose statement. Now Jesus did many other signs In the presence of the disciples. Things that could be seen. Blind men leaping. Heard deaf men speaking. Smelled the stench of death as Lazarus came forth out of the tomb. And why? So that we can believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing, we can have abundant life. My friend Jonathan Pennington has written a book, and the book's simply entitled, Come and See, The Journey of Knowing God Through Scripture. In the introduction to the book, speaking of the invitation we heard in our text for today, Jonathan writes this, This same invitation to come and see, to taste and delight in God, is found throughout the Bible. The goal of reading the scriptures is not merely to gain knowledge about God or to learn certain beliefs and behaviors. The real aim in reading scripture is to see and know God himself. I saw a little meme. GIF, post, I don't know what you call those things. I just know they appear. And it said, remember, the devil is a believer. He's just not a disciple. You don't get saved by just what you believe. We are called to come and see, and then once we have seen... We are to take what we have seen and put it into action in our lives. And as we began this look at the Gospel of John, I've stressed for you what I believe to be some major themes that are contained within the writing. And the third day seems to be one of those pointers to something important. Our text for today is the third day in the sequence since the conclusion of the prologue. The story began with John being interrogated by the priests and Levites, who John tells us were sent by the Pharisees. Verse 29 then says, the next day, which was the second day, as Jesus was approaching, John pointed toward Jesus and away from himself and said, behold the Lamb of God. Who takes away the sin of the world and then our text for today began the next day again it's the third day and John is standing with two of his disciples and as Jesus walked by John repeated his proclamation from the day before behold the Lamb of God so the two disciples of John began to follow Jesus I mean something different something a little strange something mysterious was taking place one of the early church fathers a man named Origen I've been doing a lot of reading in him lately because i am done a class on Christology and and so we're going through what a lot of the early creeds said about who Christ is and, and Origen who, who wrote for Christians who were seeking not only biblical knowledge but some, some intellectual depth and, and uh, he, he was one who attacked the Gnostics and the Marcionites, those heresies. He believed that the Bible was the source of all wisdom. And so the Bible was the main theme in all that he wrote. And as a student of the Bible, listen to what Origen had to say. The third day, however, is always applied to mysteries. For when the people had departed Egypt, they offer sacrifice to God on the third day. And they're purified on the third day. And the third day is the day of the Lord's resurrection. And many other mysteries also are anticipated in this day. And it was to such a mystery that Jesus issued His invitation. This is the third day of the story and the first day of of Jesus' ministry. Graham Kendrick has written a poetic piece called Come and See uh, that includes the phrase, Come and see, come and see, come and see the King of love. See the purple robe and crowns of thorns He wears. There are many invitations to look Later, in the Gospel of John, the Baptist uh, will send two of his disciples, in fact, to make sure that Jesus really is the Messiah. And Jesus tells them, you watch, you look, you see, and then you go back and tell John what you have seen. You see, the invitation of the New Testament is indeed to come and see. And once we have seen enough to believe, then there's a call to follow. The two disciples of John who followed Jesus were none other than John, the writer of this gospel, and his friend Andrew. John the Baptist was happy when people left him to follow Jesus because his ministry was focused on Jesus. He must increase. But I must decrease, John would say. And when Jesus asked them, what are you seeking? He was forcing them to define their purposes and their goals. Were they looking for a revolutionary leader to overthrow Rome? Then they'd better go join the Zealots. Little did Andrew and John realize that day how their lives would be transformed by the Son of God. And so, where are you dwelling? They're trying to get more information about who Jesus is. It also might have suggested, you know, if you're too busy now, we can come back later. But Jesus invited them to spend the day with him. And no doubt, he told them something about his mission. He revealed their own hearts to them, and he answered their questions. And both of them were so impressed that they found their brothers and brought them to Jesus. Andrew found Simon. John brought James. Peter, Andrew, James, and John the four that would become the inner circle through the remainder of Jesus' ministry. By the way, whenever you find Andrew in John's gospel, he's bringing somebody to Jesus. His brother here, he's the one that brought the lad with the loaves and the fishes in John 8, 6. He's the one who brought the Greeks who wanted to see Jesus in John 12. No sermons are ever recorded that Andrew gave. But he certainly preached some pretty great sermons by his actions, didn't he? By bringing others and being a personal soul winner. One of the first calls to follow was the call to follow the Messiah. Come and you will see where I am staying. But but it involved more. Because these two disciples would repeat the same call to their brothers. Come and see that we have found the Messiah. That was the witness Andrew gave to Simon. Messiah is a Hebrew word that means anointed. The Greek equivalent is the word Christ. So Christ isn't Jesus' last name. Christ is the title. Jesus, the anointed one. To the Jews, it was basically the same as the Son of God. In the Old Testament, prophets, priests, and kings were anointed and thereby set apart for special services. Kings were especially called God's anointed. So when the Jews spoke about their Messiah, they were thinking of the king who would come to deliver them and establish the kingdom. And there was some confusion among the Jewish teachers as to what the Messiah would do. And that confusion remains. I still hear people stating that it would involve the reestablishment of Israel. Though Jesus stated in no unclear terms that that was never his intent. Some saw him as a suffering sacrifice as in Isaiah 53. Others saw the Messiah as a splendid king, as in Isaiah 9 and 11. Jesus had to explain, even to his own followers, that the cross had to come before the crown. That we must suffer before we could enter into his glory. And whether or not Jesus was indeed the Messiah... Was a crucial problem that challenged the Jews in that day. Simon's interview with Jesus changed his life. It also gave him a new name. Peter, in the Greek, by the way, Cephas, it's a word that means boulder. You're no longer a little pebble, you're now a boulder. It took a great deal of work for Jesus to transform Simon into a rock. But he did it. Thou art, thou shalt be, is a great encouragement to all who trust Christ. Truly, he gives us the power to become. Now it's worth noting, by the way, that Andrew and John trusted Christ through the beautiful preaching of John the Baptist. And it's also important that Peter and James came to Christ because of the compassionate, personal work of their brothers. And later on, Jesus would win Philip personally, and then Philip would witness to Nathanael and bring him to Jesus. Each person's experience is different because God uses various means to bring sinners to the Savior. But the important thing, the important thing is that we trust Christ and then seek to bring others to Him. But I start with Messiah because we can't stop there. We can't have Jesus as our Savior if He is not also the King of our lives. And that's the second call. To come and follow the King of Israel. Jesus called Philip personally and Philip trusted Him and followed Him. We don't know what kind of heart preparation Philip had experienced for often God does prepare a person before He calls him. But we do know that Philip proved his faith by seeking to share it with his friend Nathaniel. And Nathaniel started out as a doubter. He didn't believe that anything worthwhile could come out of Nazareth. Though Jesus was born in Bethlehem, he grew up in Nazareth and bore the stigma. To be called a Nazarene, that meant to be looked down on and rejected. We had a town down in southern Indiana, Ellitsville was where the high school was located. There was another little town, not far from there, called Steinsville. And Steinsville had one of those reputations. And sadly, many of the students in the school who were good, exceptional students bore the stigma of, yeah, but he's from Steinsville, she's from Steinsville. Could anything come good out of Nazareth? And when Nathanael hesitated and argued, Philip then adopted our Lord's own words. Come and see. Get that personal experience. Later on, Jesus would invite, come and drink, John 7. Come and dine, John 12. Come. Come. That's a great invitation of God's grace. And when Nathanael came to Jesus, he discovered that the Lord already knew him. Knew all about him. Oh, what a shock. Can you imagine? Coming to see Jesus, and Jesus says, Oh, by the way, man, I saw you, da 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 or, rich, I... You were over here the other day, weren't you? Kind of like, ooh, worse than a stalker. (laughs) By calling him an Israelite in whom is no guile, Jesus was certainly referring to Jacob the deceiver, the ancestor of the Jews, a man who used guile to trick his brother, his father and his father-in-law and Jacob's name was also changed to Israel, a prince with God and then reference to Jacob's ladder in John 1 verse 51 that we read confirms this When Jesus revealed his knowledge of Nathanael, where he had been and what he had been doing, this was enough to convince Nathanael that Jesus indeed was the Son of God, the King of Israel. His experience was much like that of the Samaritan woman at the well. When he, Messiah, is come, he'll tell us all things. And then later to the people, come see a man who told me all things I had ever done. The revealing in the human heart should also take place in the ministry of local churches. You really should. Read 1 Corinthians 14 when you have a chance. When Philip witnessed Nathanael, the evidence he came was Moses and the prophets. Perhaps Jesus gave Philip a quick course in the Old Testament Messianic prophecies as he did with Emmaus' disciples in Luke 21. But it's always good to tie our personal witness to the Word of God. It's not just what I feel. It's not just what I think. Here's what the Word says. And king of Israel would be a title similar to Messiah anointed one. For the kings were always God's anointed. But at one point in his ministry, the crowds who wanted to make Jesus king were refused. Although he did present himself as a king and he affirmed to Pilate that he was born a king. That wasn't the total focus either. Not just a savior. Not just a king. But the third call was to follow the Son of Man. Son of Man, by the way, is one of our Lord's favorite titles for himself. It's used 83 times in the Gospels. And at least 13 times just in the Gospel of John. The title speaks of both deity and humanity in Jesus. You go back to Daniel chapter 7. The vision that is presented is that of the Son of Man in a definite messianic setting. And Jesus uses the title in the same way. As Son of Man, Jesus is the living link between heaven and earth. And that explains the reference to Jacob's ladder in Genesis 28. Jacob was a fugitive. He thought he was alone. I think he made a mistake by using a rock as a pillow. But anyway, he fell asleep with that rock as his pillow and he started dreaming. And you know the dream. Angels were coming and going up and down the ladder to guard him, to guide him. And Christ is God's ladder between heaven and earth for us. And often in the Gospel of John, you're going to find Jesus reminding people that he came down from heaven and will return. And the Jewish people knew that Son of Man was a name for the Messiah. So yes, Jesus was clearly stating who he was. And as that Fourth day now began to close. Jesus had six believing men who were his disciples. Now, they didn't immediately forsake all and follow him. That was to come later. But they had trusted him enough and they had experienced enough of his power that in the three years that lay ahead, they would grow in their faith. They would learn more about Jesus. And yes, even on the day that he ascended, they said, is this the day that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And I just have this mental picture of Jesus dipping his head. It's not about the nation of Israel. And uh, I would challenge you to listen very closely to anybody who wants to talk that stuff. Jesus said my kingdom is not of this world. Jesus of Nazareth is God in the flesh. And when Philip called him the son of Joseph he wasn't denying Jesus' virgin birth or divine nature. That was merely his legal identification. For a Jewish person was identified according to who his father was. The witness of this entire chapter is clear. Jesus of Nazareth is God come in the flesh. The witness of the gospel will be just who Jesus really is. The Messiah. The King of Israel. The Son of Man. And the word that was in the beginning with God and was God God is here so what's my challenge my challenge for you this morning is to realize that as we hear the call to follow it's not just an emotional gut level feeling but it's a call informed by scripture The call was to see what they had found and that they had found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Even Jesus, when he is telling the disciples on the road to Emmaus who he is, what did he do? He went back to the Old Testament and used the scriptures on our journey to come and see We need to realize, as Pennington has written, that the primary means of guidance for our journey is Holy Scripture, illumined by the Holy Spirit. Let's be people of the book. Let's pray. Father God, we have looked at your word. We have sung praises to you. We have met around the table to be reminded of the great love that was displayed. Help us to be challenged. Challenged by what we have seen, what we have heard, what we have smelled in the grape juice, what we have tasted in the bread, what we have felt. Help us to be challenged by what we have seen to become true disciples. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing of